Hello, I'm Ben Hanson-Hicks, and this is the So What Do You Do podcast. Every week we'll be talking to someone in a different industry, finding out what their day-to-day lives are really like, and what tips and advice they have on how to break in or move across into their industries. I hope you enjoy listening. So our guest this time is one of the Royal Ballet's newest principal dancers, described by a guest in the second interval of her debut in Romeo and Juliet, in the title role of Juliet no less, as the most versatile principal I've ever seen. This is actually true, I listened, I listened to that man. She has spent the last seven years in the company, rising from first artist to soloist, then first soloist, followed swiftly by becoming a principal dancer in 2021, at the stunning age of 27. We're talking to none other than Mayara Magri. From non-theatrical roots in Brazil, Mayara started her career early, going on to win competition after competition, contract after contract, finding herself now working shoulder to shoulder with some of the very best in the business, herself included in this description, at London's Royal Opera House. The production she's been a part of reads as a who's who of ballet, from Sleeping Beauty to Swan Lake, The Nutcracker to Don Quixote, and now Romeo and Juliet. It's a huge honour that you're joining us on the podcast today. Mayara, welcome. Oh, hi. Lovely to be here. <laughs> so first question, as we record this episode, you're getting ready for your second performance as Juliet. How are rehearsals going? Oh, it's really actually quite strange to go back into the studio after having your first night. There's so much preparation involved into your first big debut, your premiere. And especially with Roman Juliet, Juliet, which is a ballet that I have watched for the past 10 years here since I joined the company. Um, And I just have seen so many casts older than you. I have seen so many people doing their own way with their own interpretations. And I could not wait to have my chance to do this role. Um, So it was really special and such a build up for that big night. And I was so pleased it went really well. Um, But then I have 10 days in between my first night and my second show. And that's quite strange because you have reached the peak because you've done only one show. So you don't have anything to compare it to. so then it felt amazing. Everything happened so well. And then it's going back to the studio and looking at your partner again and trying to feel the same way, but it never really does. But it's it's exciting, but it's, it's difficult to go back into the studio after a big night. And like I was talking to him today, ballet is just... <laughs> so humbling in so many ways you have like the biggest night of your life and you almost don't want that night to end like you struggle to wind down to go to bed and then you go back into the next day and you have the same you know weaknesses that you have to work on and the body's aching and you struggle I always say like and I struggle to cross a fifth position which is a, a very like standard position for ballet but, um, you know, and you, you come to realise how humbling you, you have to be with yourself and understand your body and, you know, know that even though you have these amazing moments, which it's what you strive for, you still have to come back in the next morning and work from almost from zero every day. Yeah. <laughs> What's it, what's what was that feeling like? You you said you said it was sort of the the absolute sort of high point of your career, obviously so far. What was it like stepping out for the first time in that in the in the role? 
um yeah i i i just remember like <sighs> i had the whole day off so i didn't have any rehearsals to be able to prepare for the show which sometimes is even harder because if you don't really do anything you can't stop thinking about and it, all, it, the anticipation of all the things that you want to do and you want to go so well you really care and you're stressed and you try to have a nap and you can't and you go for a walk and then you can't stop thinking about you know all those things um, and I just you know I lived all those hours prior to the show but then starting to get ready and having the the head done for the very first time and you know looking like all this like prima ballerinas that then have done the role that have created that role and it's just like oh wow I can't believe this is happening to me right now um and then there's like the the last 10 minutes before curtain is up and then you have all your coaches I had Leslie Collier and Edward Watson that coached us uh, me and uh, Calvin Richardson my Romeo and then you know they come for that last hug like they've nurtured rehearsed you for like a month pushed for you they know your weaknesses and your, and your strengths and they also just want everything to go well but it's that like last hug of like okay I'm delivering you to the world to the audience and it's so fantastic so my heart I remember hugging Leslie and my heart was like so like beating so quickly but I also was so happy because I just wanted that moment so much in my life um, and it was it was happening it was coming to life and I could not believe my my luck my my you know oh, it was amazing and then once it happened to start the ballet to start I just you know I tried to just like live every single moment not want to for it to end and it almost happened in slow motion it's a three hours ballet and it just it felt like longer than that because I just I just really wanted to be present and live every moment and it's such a special ballet like the music the choreography the costumes it's just such a special ballet for every ballerina like I feel like every ballerina would want to do a swan lake that would be their dream and I I thought that too until I did Robin and Juliet um, and I just thought like that is the dream ballet when like technique and artistry meet so closely and you just you just lose yourself on stage there's nothing to compare it to but saying that I haven't done my swan lake yet and my swan lake is in three weeks time so I might come back here to you and just say like my <laughs> swan lake was the best so I don't know I don't know yet how to compare it to um but that's that was my prior thoughts into you know big debuts and big traditional roles that ballerinas you know strive to do and so scrolling back scrolling back a couple of years um you grew up in brazil and you previously said in interviews that your parents were not from a particularly theatrical background how did ballet find you yes i was a normal academic school um i was eight years old and a friend of mine did ballet um and she said oh i do i I was like, I would never be able to do it. My parents can't possibly pay. And she was saying that she was part of this social project um, that gave um, scholarship to students that had potential. So I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I would love to try. So then my mom just called the school and said, oh, I've got, you know, those me and two more sisters, so I'm the middle one. So the three of us, can I bring them to try for an audition? And then I remember the director of the school saying, 
oh, we have closed this year's um, opportunities. We have given all the scholarships we've, we can possibly have. But, and then my mom was very persistent and she was just like, oh, no, but please, you know, they, they were so excited. I don't want to tell them that it's not going to happen. And they were like, okay, bring them. So then we went and then the director of the school, now Madazi, was absolutely in love with me and my little sister because we, we were just younger and, you know, there was so much potential. Apparently my feet was really nice and pointy and I was, you know, really trying to do the posture even though I hadn't done ballet before. Um, and then she she ended up just thinking, you know what, yeah, come, the three of you just come and we'll find a way. And we started studying and the school is really good. It's in Rio de Janeiro. They, they teach you not just ballet, we were doing jazz, we were doing contemporary. We were really like involved in a big, big world because for us, it was just like normal school. And that was that. So for me and my family, it was the opening of a new world, really, like to go to the theater and watch ballet, to go um, and appreciate that sort of art. Um, it, we, uh, yeah, I don't think my family would have gone into the into it if if it wasn't through that opportunity. And yeah, I spent eight years in that school. Uh, it's called Petit Dance School. Um, and yeah, and they led me so well. I was so lucky with the care and the coaches and the teachers that I had for eight years that I spent there. And my latest teacher, uh, Patricia Salgado, she was a ballet dancer in uh, Stuttgart. So she worked in uh, the Stuttgart Ballet for, I don't know, 11 years she spent there. So she, she got injured ages ago and then she stopped dancing but she really wanted to teach so then she started teaching at Petit Dance School when she was still young and fresh and she just had this you know energy about her like to work on us to 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 go to Europe and have a career there because the life that they give the value they give to the arts and to ballet is huge and you would really fulfill your dreams if you go there so then from a very young age I had this training and she was always putting my 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 head that I should work towards finding a company in Europe so that was really the goal um at that very moment when I was like eight nine ten I didn't really know that I wanted to come to the Royal Ballet that just became a big thing when I was um, maybe 13, 14, I was just watching via YouTube so many ballets from the Royal Ballet and watching Marianela Nunes and heard about Tiago Suarez, which was a Brazilian also at the Royal. So I was like, oh, if he's there, I maybe get have a chance. So having, you know, an icon uh, that from the same place, because I always thought like they wouldn't get a Brazilian. Why would they? Um, they have so many amazing dancers there. And, but no, like the Royal Ballet is so international and that's what makes it so special because they are looking to finding what you've got, what you're good at and it's nothing about where you're from or how you look, it's, you know, it's how good you are with, with the, the art uh, form. So that was very special as well for me to find yeah, that the company that I, want, I wanted to join also would be... A, it would have the doors open for me. So that was quite a relief, really. <laughs> have you, what, 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 what are they looking for then? What does, what does the Royal Ballet go out and look for in, in potential dancers? I think, I generally think it's personalities, like people that actually love what they do and they have their own input 
into into the work and into the the art form obviously with all the criteria that you you must follow you have to be technically you know correct and you have to work on on certain things on the the very english style details and port de bra and all that which was great for me because i went to the royal ballet school for one year from brazil i went to um the upper school here for one year before i joined the company so it was great it was almost like a little step back to kind of understand how things work and what they appreciate into the company but then i had already the training of like going into competitions around around the world and um really pushing for myself and having that drive to really deliver when you have one little opportunity because that's what competitions is like you can you rehearse for three months one solo but we have like one one go at it and they mark you for that so that training was also really good because here's what it is with all the shows we have you know um you just have one shot to be really good so it's good to have to work on that pressure a little bit the royal ballet really appreciates the individuality in a in a good way and not like you have to be really different to be here but you have to have something special about you amongst the technique and amongst the you know um all the the, the criteria the ballet ballet it follows still but that it's amazing because you look around and you just see people from all over the world and it's so welcoming and you know we respect each other's um culture and how we how we arrived here we understand each other's background and and it's it's a very very like special exchange actually to know people from all over and to understand a little bit of who they are and why they are like that you know there's so much that makes us from our backgrounds so much more new stuff to share i would think because we're all from the same place there wouldn't it wouldn't be as exciting and the change wouldn't the exchange wouldn't be as fun and it is so that makes us grow more as artists i'm sure and and sort of scrolling scrolling back a tiny little bit to the Prix de Lausanne, when you won the when you won the gold medal. For somebody who doesn't know anything about ballet, who might be listening, how how important a milestone is that for you personally? To sort of it's like a gateway into Europe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it really was for me. Um, I guess just coming from Brazil, it's an opportunity for to be seen for the the right. That companies around and schools around the world, it's of the structure of the Pridlo Zone is just fantastic. I must say, like the organization and how they they take care of you as a dancer, like they know your kids haven't. Most of us uh, hadn't been like away from home and dancing away, and I had the challenge that now they don't do they 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 do the the competition in Montreux, uh, but when I did it was in Lausanne and the the stage was raked. It was the very first time that I danced on a stage that is inclined towards the pit like that. So that's also a big challenge and it's scary in a way, um, but they take care of you in that week of like classes and then stage calls and then performances and then finals they they really nurture you and they they watch you and they give you feedback and then you and you take it and they they also uh are judging how you take on feedback because that's a very important thing as well especially as a kid if they want to bring you to school and you're stubborn about you think you know things when you're 16 17 and 
it's not really that. Um, so they're really watching you and taking care of you. And it was really lovely because I fell in love with them. Galen Stock was there and she was the director of the Royal um, Ballet School at the time. Um, she's passed away now, which was really sad. And she was really watching me and she was really throughout talking to my teacher saying like, we would love to have her at the Royal Ballet School. And then for me, that was amazing because I just really wanted to go into the company like crazy because I just remember really watching Isabella Bayadere DVD of Dasi Basso doing Gamzati because the, the my ballet school in Brazil we did like a little part of it so I was learning and learning and learning that and like just watching the production and I was like oh my god the royal ballet look at how the dancers and how they look and the scenery changes I was just like this is magic like I, I just want to go there so I, I had this in my head I just so wanted the royal ballet um so yeah, that was a gateway for me to go through the school. One year at the school, and then I did a third year, I graduated, and then I joined the Royal Ballet after that. And it's so special. And actually a funny story about that, when I did Gamzati, like maybe four years ago, I was wearing Darcy Bursell's costume of Gamzati, the same one that she wore when she, I was watching maybe 12 years ago, her DVDs in Brazil as a little girl, like from nowhere, not knowing at all that I would end up here. So yeah, sometimes... Wearing, wearing her. Wearing, wearing, wearing as well. Yeah, wearing her. Like, you can see, like, Darcy Burso, like, 2000 and, I don't know, I can't remember, two, I think. And then Magri is the, the name below, like, 2018. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what is going on? You know, sometimes I get caught in these, like... <laughs> That's that must be a real pinch like me pinch me moment. This can't be real. Can't be real. Life no, life isn't happening no, this way. Like but it's... it has been so many of those um, the past year. It doesn't it doesn't sound like it was ever going to be anywhere else. But was it was there ever a thought that you might go to somewhere like the states to San Francisco or to Russia? Or was it always going to be the, Was it always going to be London? Well, I I particularly always wanted the Royal Ballet. Uh, I just had this thing in my head. But my teacher thought maybe my my style would suit a bit more America because it was a bit more free spirited and I was a bit more, you know, I would say even wild, wilder when I was younger. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, she, she had in her head, oh, we should go to San Francisco, I think. We should go to New York City Ballet or something like that. But I, I don't think she knew much about the Royal Ballet. She thought I would I would get um, pushed aside and I would, uh, wouldn't would enjoy the city because she heard that it's a very, very great city and it rains a lot. You wouldn't like that. You come from Rio de Janeiro, which <laughs> it's partly true. But I actually loved London. Like... People ask. But London's so international. Like, like, the like, exactly. like the ballet, it's so like, international, isn't it? People think um, the weather is bad. Yeah, the, but the weather is not like Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, it's not. But there is so much in London. Like they asked me if I was my first year, if I was um, depressed, if I missed my family, and I feel actually bad for saying that I wasn't depressed, and I I did miss my family, and I spoke to them every day, but I actually had the greatest time getting to know London, and there is always a museum to go to and a theater to watch some 
something like standing tickets because I was a student I didn't have the money but I would go and watch The Lion King and watch Mary Poppins and watch everything and there was like there was no reason why you would be depressed in a negative way like maybe I would be a feel a bit homesick but I was also so focused to like do this one year the Royal Ballet School um to get into the company I just like went in there the hours that I spent there I was just learning and trying to refine my technique and trying to understand their way of working so then I'd be ready to move on into the company uh um life so but yeah I love I love London like I, I don't see myself living anywhere else like yeah the, the weather is a bit you know it's not great but we spend so many hours here in the studio anyways like even when when the weather is good we spend so many hours here it's not like you can be outdoors doing what we do we're inside a theater so it's not too bad actually I love it I have really found myself in the city and I love it so I chose the right thing I guess well, I mean, you're insulated against the, the worst of London, which is the weather. I mean, it does rain. It does rain a lot. But like outside of that, every every single sort of big production, every single art gallery and exhibition and just when London's when, when everything's open and everything's firing on all four cylinders, like London's just there is nothing better. I don't, I don't think. And even more now for young students and youngsters, you know, until age 25, you can get discounted to go and watch any theater or go into any gallery. Even here at the Royal Ballet, we have these discounts until 25 years old. You pay like half a price or you pay very little mm. for to come and watch a massive production. So it's, it's just fantastic really like the the incentive around arts and yeah the value is just there and there's no reason why you wouldn't you wouldn't take it like it's just there for you and it's it's what it really lacks in in brazil in general and and that's why i'm here that's why i can't have a career in my home country because it's just yeah it's different the way they see it um Maybe if I played football, I would have more chances. But no, I chose I chose ballet. So unfortunately, I had to move away from home to have a career and to be valued like I I wished. So. But I mean, and then moving into you graduated into the company in 2012 when you were 18. What? <laughs> and then you were promoted to first artist in 2015, soloist in 2016 first soloist in 2018 and then finally to principal last year in 2021 can you can you sort of take us through I mean it's obviously mountains and mountains of work but can you take us through that process what are the sort of hurdles that you've had to jump through at each stage and where where could people sort of fall down almost yeah I feel I feel like the the first years are quite hard because especially because I was almost like a soloist in my old school and I was always doing the best parts and dancing solos and being exposed. And then you joined and you just, you're one of the quarter ballet members and you just have to learn another way of working. It's not so much about yourself, but it's about the group and about the image we create as one in in big ballets like um, Swan Lake and how we breathe as one and how we tell the story ourselves, even though we're not the main characters, but we have such an important part of of telling the story and that's why the Royal Ballet is known for what it is it's 
generally known by like the the rich the richness of the the core the the old everyone that really knows how to tell a story and yeah you do have the big stars there ahead of you but you know it really starts from how good we are as 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 a group um and strong we are so yeah it was hard to learn because it's a it's a very different way of um learning things sometimes i I remember it was the fourth in line for swan lake and I never really felt like I was on my leg for anything that I was doing. On my leg, we say, like, you have your balance for things in ballet. Uh, because you just have to be behind someone. And if you don't really move like that person, it doesn't matter. You have to be behind her. So you're always angling yourself to be right dead, dead behind that person instead of, like, actually doing the technique properly. You have to try, try to find the fine line to do it properly and be breathing and moving just like that person in front of you and that was really hard because you never you never felt like oh I looked amazing doing that but no it doesn't it didn't feel like that until you you really understand how how it works um that was hard and I did that for like three four years um but also with Kevin as director Kevin O'Hare he always I think he knew why I was here for and why he picked me into the company and it was important those years of learning to be in a quarter ballet but he always gave me a little opportunity here and there to do like a little solo or to do something here did Apollo the two handmaidens like with Carlos Acosta and Marinella and I was like just very young like just joining them to do not very much but something just to keep me motivated and that was really helpful as well um it starts to get harder when you're a soloist, actually, because you still do the core, uh, the the group work. You still you a bit more exposed more often as a soloist. You're always doing harder things because soloists, soloist roles, I think, is the they're the hardest. Like technically, you really have to be confident with your technique and you have more shows of certain things but then the nights that you would have off if you were for a soloist you don't because being a soloist you still do your quarter ballet work so that's that's quite tricky you have less uh, resting time um but it's it's fulfilling in a way because you're just so busy and you're just doing it and it just you feel like you belong because you understand every role of the ballet you understand what what's happening there in that corner that the audience are not they're not even like really aware of that little story but you just understand the whole the the craft of it and it's you feel quite like in, in charge but not really but you just yeah you just understand how how it runs and you feel part of it you feel like you yeah without you they wouldn't run it <laughs> like that sort of like you that important for it to happen and for how, the shows and how, to happen sorry mm. Mm. um and what was going through i mean what was going through your mind in in 2021 when you when you found out that you were going to be a principal dancer because i mean nobody's going to forget that we were year two into a pandemic what was what was that like yeah you know the so just being a first soloist was already like for me having a few opportunities to do some principal roles but then without the pressure to be a principal so for a couple of years before pandemic i had the opportunity to do uh kitri coppelia i wasn't a principal yet but i was having those big chances i could tell that was moving towards becoming a principal um but 
yeah, that was still, you know, there's still, we need to make her official, obviously. And the director really wanted that to happen straight after my Swan Lake show, um, which was meant to happen two weeks after we closed the theater for COVID. So it was a real bummer because it's a ballet that you put so much work towards. It was like, oh my God. And then he said that in my meeting at the end of the year, he said like, that would have been your season to be promoted. But unfortunately now I can't do, do it to you. Uh, but I know your hard work and when things get better, I will promote you. So that was like the, the end of the first year of pandemic. And then the end of the second year, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, <laughs> he invites me, he just, he calls me and he's just like, my, Mara, can you come into my, my office? And then I was like, okay, that's random. Why would the director of the Royal Ballet call my number and want to talk to me? And he was really excited in his office saying like, I have found a way. I'm I'm going to promote you um, as the principal dancer of the Royal Ballet because you deserve it. You work so hard and you're part of the company. And I just like, I froze because I was just like, six months ago, we had this conversation and you said you couldn't. Like, God knows what happened, what made you. Um, but I think he just wanted, he, he wanted the company to have good news. He wanted, you know, the reopening of the theater to be an exciting um come back for people to come and be really looking forward to watching and see these people that have been working so hard throughout the pandemic to try to keep the the work going and working from home and doing ballet in the kitchen and whatever no, lots of us did it but you know we were so close to making and then why would covid just stop it all and it's such a sweet thing of him to do he's, he's just like adorable in so many ways like he's so thoughtful about all these things and it was like the reopening of the theater there's this excitement around coming to watch me and all my debuts because really every role that I do now is a debut so okay it's very stressful but it's very exciting as well because um, people haven't seen it so people want to come to the theater to see this new principal dancer this person doing these roles and yeah it, it, it just happened and concerns did I have any well the pressure it, it, it goes to your head a little bit more um it was so much easier to do roles as a first soloist, big roles as a first soloist. You almost felt, felt like people would forgive if you did anything wrong. Not that I let myself go that direction because I was I'm very harsh with myself. Like I really take the pressure on. I'm like, you know, you're head of a renowned company, so traditional, you cannot fail. Um, not in a negative way, but that drives me to be better every day and to not, you know, be complacent about things. Um, and yeah, I think the pressure, the realization of like having that title on you, and it's, it's a little scary actually, almost, you get like that cramp in the stomach, they almost, you know, doesn't let you <laughs> go on stage. It's that sort of like, oh, I'm, do I really want to do this right now? <laughs> but, but also it's exciting because it makes you trust the work you put in into yourself and into ballet every day like ballet dancers cannot just make the show days like like I was saying just before um how humbling it is to just go back into the studio after a big night and having to start from zero working on on shaping things and working on your muscles and taking care of a sore neck or sore rib they have from the pas de deux last night and like nurturing again and preparing yourself picking up the pieces for the next um 
show. So there's that as well. So that, you know, yeah, I think you just have to trust the process. And that's one of the things that I've enjoyed so much because we don't get many um, shows here at the Royal Ballet as a principal, um, which is really exciting. We get the director gives so many people so so many uh, opportunities but the actual principals have two or three shows of each production but because we're also very versatile we do all the productions and that's really nice as well like we do from a Wayne McGregor triple bill until the Sleeping Beauty or the Nutcracker so we're always moving like differently so in the end it gets quite busy but not too many of the same shows that is a good thing I guess With, with having just a couple of shows of each production, because our director loves giving the opportunities to as many casts as possible, I've, I've learned to enjoy more the process of learning and uh, or understanding a role or working on it, really to find you know everything possible for that big day and maybe one or two shows that you have you know it's it, it doesn't get any better than that unless someone goes off but then you really find yourself like enjoying your moment in a studio as well as the performance but not no no more than the performance shows because some people just like love being on stage and love the freedom of it but i i actually really like the the process of learning and working on things and being tired and you know when you deal with a partner that that thinks differently from you and then you have different moods but then you have to meet in the middle to make it work and you know it's it's really exciting to, to to go through that and then to have that as a job as well it's so such an unusual job um come here and work with our bodies depending on how you feel um and deal with other people that are around you and especially in the Juliet because it's so such an acting role as well as uh, technical especially for the guy with all the padders mm. it's so you know smooth um so yeah, it's it's like it's finding those moments and finding enjoyment in those hours that you spend in the studio creating things and um, putting things together, making sense of the story in your head for that big day um, that you, you have the opportunity to go out there and perform. Um, so yeah, not just the process, not just the 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 not just the performance, but the process, everything yes. in yeah. I mean, which brings me on to my next question. Wonderfully, thank you very much for that. <laughs> is so you've recently had your debut as Juliet in what was a beautiful, romantic, and intimate retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Um, what was what was stepping out for the first time in this role on the main stage like? Yeah, it was. I think that the experience that I had uh, for working at the Royal Ballet for 10 years really helped me through it because for the amount of casts we had, we didn't have a proper stage call with like hair and makeup to feel the lights, to hear the orchestra. But it's a ballet in the end that we know so well and we've seen it so much. 
and I was also performing with Calvin Richardson, a gorgeous dancer that I had never danced before. So that's also like an extra maybe, okay, let's see how it's going to go because you don't really know how people deal with pressure and with stress and fatigue until you're there. So then uh, obviously I could tell that he he was so into it in all the rehearsals and ready to go. We, we wanted the same things. We wanted to lose ourselves um, and make the most of that special opportunity. And it, that put me my mind at peace and I was you know could really trust him and I really trusted our coaches as well which they have worked with so many casts before and like Leslie Collier has seen the the real uh thing like Margot Fontaine playing it and uh you know all those amazing people that you know when Kenneth McMillan choreographed it, Lindsay Moore that she was there she saw it so to be coached by somebody that really knew it as raw as it could go and to be passing it on so many years like I I had just to trust her and to trust her her feedback and to let her you know bring things into me into the way I I act the rollout so so many little things um and the cast that I had as well was all new. I had never done with them before. The nurse, the, it was Romani Pydak, which I loved. Like, she's so with the story. Every time I looked inside her eyes, I knew I was safe. Like, and whenever the, the, the lights went off and I had to do a quick change, change costumes, I didn't even know where to go because I hadn't had a stage goal. So I was just like, I would close my eyes and be like, where should I go? She's like, okay, with me. And she would turn me and like point me in the right direction to go and change my costume. Like that's how, like I had just so much trust in everyone that was around me. It was, it was crazy. Um, but it just really worked because I think that's what you need. Um, you need to put the hard work before you're out there. So then you can just enjoy it and try to be as present as you can. And don't try to imagine how it should feel or it should be. Just be present and let it come to you because it's so powerful, the ballet and the story. Like everybody knows how it should go really. So they're interested to see how you, you take on and how, how you play with it in your own way. And I think that's why it was so special because I just let it happen to me like I had never seen it before. And when it comes to, when it comes to a performance, especially one like that, do you find yourself just sort of disappearing into the moment, and yours you just you've performed it and you've rehearsed it so much that you just know exactly the way that your body needs to move, or are you always laser focused and hyper aware of everything and everyone on stage? I'm not. I'm not. And maybe that's my mistake. I do. That's one of the things I like being, by being on stage. I try to lose myself with how it feels like because sometimes in the studio especially by facing the mirror you're always trying to shape things and trying to look for the perfect position to like try to find the right feeling in the right position which is very important for ballets um like swan lake and you know sleeping beauty but maybe not so much for macmillan's because i think the the feeling comes first before anything it's how you should feel will enhance what you're trying to do instead of trying to hit the pose and put the feeling on top uh, but also that comes from the trust you have in the and in, in the 
uh, your coaches, like you want them to tell you if something doesn't look quite right. You want to believe in that. And I and I'm really like sometimes I do make quite ugly positions on stage just because it, it felt nice to me. But then the coach would come in next day and say like that didn't look quite quite right. So, oh, did it not? Felt good. Mm. But that's what that's what you trust. You you know. But that. I think I think that. I mean, I'm obviously not a ballet coach, but I think that's that just being in the moment is so you you can always there's just something so so much more organic yeah, about it. Yeah, and also you can't you can't really recreate a moment like that. I think that if you're spontaneous on stage, you're just gonna have to wait another to another for another show to feel differently. And and if you're open to that, you'll never be comparing your shows and oh, but I felt like that in the end, and I I didn't really feel it this time. And it is quite scary to go into the second show now for my next week because the the for my premiere I had no expectations I hadn't done it before I didn't know how I was gonna feel and everything felt so amazing and I absolutely loved it you know every second of it and then by having that in the corner of my head I might go into my second show trying to compare and trying to do things like I did it before but I am gonna really try to not fall into that trap because I wanted to just feel unique again and not try to shape or do things any better but just try to be present and go through all the emotions again um yeah it's gonna be hard I'm, i keep on thinking about that but i i think i should just try to be present and respond to to the amazing choreography that just works like the music the choreography just, it, everything just works if you don't try to do any extras or add anything or extra hold things it's not the ballet for that it's the ballet to just tell the story and that's very powerful yeah already so what do you think you've talked you've talked a lot about personality and especially how the royal ballet look for and recruit new people and new dancers what do you think makes a good ballet dancer what's sort of like a checklist of the things that you really need for for somebody listening who just really wants to really wants to work in ballet what do you think the good the good things you need are i think the first thing is the discipline with yourself you just you just have to find you know you need to know how much you need to work for uh, for the weaknesses you have like not everyone is turned out because you know like ballet ballerinas dance with their feet out and you know will have really lovely arches and, and no people have different bodies and we should, as professional dancers, know how uh, to work around our weaknesses and strengths. Like, and when you find that, and you you know, every day in, cl- in ballet class, we have an hour and fifteen minutes to reset, to reshape things, to think about all those things before we go and learn a new choreography. If you know that with discipline, and if you keep on nurturing that, that's the only way to move forward and to get better. And then after years of thinking about that, and you when you find an amazing company like this, like the Royal Ballet, that has this the most amazing repertoire, like all the traditional classics and also all the dramatic roles, like, and then you, by watching and by 
you know, listening to the coaches and people that are in front of the room trying to teach you, you know, not how you should feel, but uh, what the priorities of like being out there and tell the story and all these things. And by having that experience as well, it really, that's when you start like combining your technique and the hard work that you put with, with the storytelling and with your artistry and trying to find what's unique about you and what's, what you're going to take on in each role. And it's hard, you know, because like, like class, classical ballets, like Swan Lake, where I have seen Swan Lake since I'm like, I don't know, maybe eight years old, like watching videos of ballerinas that have, you know, amazing long legs and really long arms and amazing feet and all these things. And you look for those things when you rehearsing but you have to get out of those because otherwise you can't do it your own you can't create your own swan queen you have to try to wipe all that out of your head and try to find how it feels and how you know what you were aiming for and not like to have that picture of what it should look like and because it's just not enjoyable um that way um if you have the opportunity to be in a company where where they value your personality, that's when you try have to try to bring out. Obviously, with ballet, you have all it's to take all the boxes with like how you use your feet and how you treat your point shoes and how much you stretch your knees when you do an arabesque and all of those things. But beyond that, it's you know how how you want to play the role and how you want to put yourself, your personality into it. And that's what makes it so special and also enjoyable because otherwise you'd just be looking for the perfect line and you never find any enjoyment from, from what you're doing. And it's so hard to work so hard. You have to work hard in a studio. I say like, I hardly ever dance too much in class. I try to be like quite like square and proper. So then I can lose myself later when I have the, you know, in rehearsals and performances. Um, but yeah, it's finding that, it's finding the, when you can you can play around with it. And yeah, but I think, yeah, discipline will just lead you on um, for a long career in ballet, like not let yourself down. Like if you feel like you haven't got something or a step or a technical step, go back to it and try like three times before you go home. Don't just do it once, fail, and then go home. Go home thinking like you've done everything you could at that time to make that work. Because it could be in a bad day for a performance and you have to know how to deal with it. So um, just be strict with yourself. But also, yeah, enjoy enjoy the moments. Like when you're young and doing easier roles, like enjoy that time on stage. Enjoy to be like acting with others and doing big group pieces because it does feel different when you detached and not so much part of the, the bigger picture. That's one of the things that I most miss. Most of my rehearsals, I only have me and my partner in the studio and the coaches. And I really miss the buzz of like working together and finding something together and you know like how did you feel that I was like yeah I was really tiring today but we pushed through you know that sort of like teamwork I really missed that I felt like that's one of the things that I most enjoyed when I was in the quarter ballet like coming out of the stage and every looking at everybody's faces when we we're all feeling the same way um you know the accomplishment but also the exhaustion and you know getting the shoes off and being or like complaining about something but also loving that something like I know something happened or you know um yeah it's a different way of appreciating but yeah 
I don't regret having gone through every stage. I really don't. Um, mm. It made me stronger. It made me love this company and every in value every single corner, every single role. Every role is a role. Like Christopher Carr, uh, he's comes every now and then to set a ballet to put a ballet. Um, he was a rehearsal director ages ago, not under Kevin's uh, directionship. Um, but he always says, like, every role is a role. It's so important. You shouldn't feel like... If you're on stage, you're being watched by one person even, but you are. And, you know, it's, it's that feeling of, you know, feeling like you matter no matter what. And, yeah, it's rewarding to think that way. And it is true. Some people come to watch, like, the same production five six times so they're not just watching the principles they like they pick other things to watch so you are watched they're being watched by someone and out of two thousand seats i'm sure you are so you should make the most out of every role and is there a typical day or a week of a of a principal dancer when you when you're performing not when you're sort of building up to a, a show but when you're in that sort of like for you, you've got this fortnight of you can't really sort of switch off. How, what, what's, what's your sort of, what's your, what's your schedule? What's your routine? Um, yeah, we, depending on what we're doing at the moment, we're working hard because my shows kind of overlap. My, and I finish with my Romeo and Juliet next Thursday, and then I have a general rehearsal of Swan Lake on the Monday. So, yeah, it's, they overlap a bit and it gets a bit busy, but usually you do have time to you do rehearse only one or two things. And it's not that many, it's like an hour and 30 minutes a day. So then, you know, it, it gives you more chance to push in class and work a bit more in general technique in ballet class in the morning because you don't have like as long hours. Because I remember when I was a quarter ballet, I used to go from like 12 to 6.30 like rehearsal after rehearsal, choreography after choreography, and then you felt just exhausted because you just didn't have the time to like rest. And luckily we do. And also because we don't have many shows, we have most nights off, which gives me more time to go to the theater because that's one thing that I love. I try to watch something every week. I even went yesterday to Saddle as well as to watch NDT. Um, and I loved it. Uh, I just, I, I just really enjoying, enjoy having the time to explore as well and see other, other arts, and and that influences so much the way I, I see my art form as well. And I think that's very special because, you know, the way we, you think about things, and when you've seen like a painting that reminds you of something, and you can bring something from that to the ballet that you're performing. You know, there's there's always a connection you see another company playing or I went to watch last year the Shakespeare Globe a new version of uh, the Roman Juliet and the newest version they did and it was quite interesting interesting that take of it and how how much this story doesn't get old and it's just as powerful as you know the I don't know when they did I think 65 that's when our Roman Juliet came up to life and and you can always you know, squeeze something that you've seen and got inspired by into. Well, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, at the foundation, it's just love, isn't it? It's just a love story which runs throughout time. Obviously, it's changed. It changes from what it was 100 years ago or 300 years ago. But it's it's those central things that everybody still wants and everybody still look, goes for. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, yeah, especially like I had some people that came to watch that have seen like about, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of, of Roman Juliets and they still can 
can see something different every time they they watch and changing the cast changes the whole thing because it changes how you feel the story even though it's the same so that's also quite special and yeah <laughs> yeah i i do feel like it really like last week's performance really changed the way i just the way i feel about about being uh, being the principal with the royal ballet just like okay now i get now i get it like all the hard work and how worth it is when you meet you know the confidence that you built and the experience with your technique with your ballet technique but as well the artistry that you have built all these years by watching others and understanding the ballet and being part of every other role of the ballet it's just like when everything makes sense and then you're just out there doing this fantastic role but also like being so grateful for every step of the way um and you feel you just feel amazing after a show like that and then you see the smile on people's faces and how they felt the same way as well because that's the most important thing because sometimes it, some people can say oh you were really beautiful but if you didn't feel it 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 doesn't sink it it, it does it doesn't matter like it's how you 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 know you know like you work enough hours to know uh how well you do every time you go out there and how how free you feel when you're out there and present in that space and moment in time how do, how do you how do you come back to i mean i saw i saw um, one of calvin's uh, posts on instagram and he just said i'm finally a week later coming back down to earth <laughs> how how do you relax how do you how do you sort of how do you, what do you do in your off time do you do you always like you said you, you always go to theater what do you what do you do that's not ballet do you have something that's very sort of separate that you always like go back to um not directly separate because i guess yeah i always try to find a, a, a bridge there that will link me back into what i do like the sort of i really enjoy classical music which is connected directly to ballet um so i have like a um a place that i love going it's in clackenwell as a restaurant that has classical music concerts and i know the the owner there and we really good friends and he always managed to fit me and my partner which is also a principal with the royal ballet into these like little classical concerts and we're just there like in the evenings absolutely loving and getting to know people and people opera singers and um musicians from all over the world which is really exciting but kind of connected to ballet but not and then i said about the theater nights that i absolutely love like i don't just watch ballet i went to the bridge theater the other day to watch a play so you know i, I just i think i just appreciate all these things and it's hard to say that i do things that are not connected to it i do i guess but somehow they are quite connected um the sort of movies i, I look for um yeah there's something that there's I, I i do like watching some trashy tv uh, every now and then just to like who, who make doesn't? me feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but you know like i said having a partner that is also a ballet dancer and so into into these things as well it's good mm. to share it um we we share in a very positive way um our experiences like i really love watching his shows i feel like i learned so much from 
hard work he puts in his student, how much he loses himself on stage when he's out there, the freedom that he finds in his movement. And then I think it's the same with me. He watched my show and he came to give me a hug and he was very feeling very emotional because he just couldn't believe that, you know, that how all that was happening to me and how good it was for the first time. And it's a good support. And it kind of, it works for me in a sense. I think it's... I think I chose to live that life and to live every single bit of it. And I, I do not feel like it takes so much up of my time. Like, the, if I complain about anything, I complain about sewing point shoes. Cause that, that's an endless... <laughs> endless? When I say endless, it's like every night that I'm watching, watching TV, I am sewing a pair of point shoes to the point that my boyfriend feels like, can I help you? Because he's like, please teach me how to do this so then I can help you. But that's one of the downsides of it. But also I couldn't give my shoes to anybody to sew because it's such like a special, you know, it's the well, it's just an extension shoe. of you, isn't it? It's yeah, exactly. And it's I almost I always say like, no, it can't help me. It's my curse. <laughs> I say like it's my curse. It's like it's I, I chose to be a ballerina, so I have to sew pointies, and I go through so many because I just like soft shoes for some reason. Like I like when they're very soft and quiet, so then it almost doesn't feel like you're wearing a point shoe. Um, I love when they're at that point, but then after the if you do a show with a shoe like that, you can't use it again. So then you have to do a lot of sewing. But that's my choice um but yeah that's one of the things that I that's your burden that's your burden yeah exactly exactly um but yeah <laughs> if you weren't a ballet dancer what do you think you'd be by eight years old like it, it really changed the way i lived my uh, my childhood like everything kind of like was a a bit more around ballet and and that just changed the way i thought i, I kind of like always wanted to to become a ballet dancer um yeah it's strange that now isn't it because i i used to like play volleyball on the beach in rio de janeiro which now i go and i feel like oh my god if i go and sprain my ankle i can't do that anymore <laughs> like <laughs> little things like that like well come on <laughs> um yeah, I could have played volleyball, but maybe not now that I do ballet and I have found myself. You know, it's it's difficult. I wish I could ski, but I've never really, like just now by watching the, the Winter Olympics. The Winter Olympics. I get yeah. so excited, like every day we keep on watching it and I'm like, oh my God, skiing is so cool. Never done it in my life. And also I can't do it until I'm a... I, I resigned because it's not allowed. It's in our contract that we should horse ride, we shouldn't ski, we shouldn't do any of that because they, you know, they don't want to take the responsibility. Oh, really? I know. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> well, but, you've got so many things on your list after you after you retire. Yeah, then. I'd love to do. You're gonna go horse thing. riding on a ski slope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. That would be fun. <laughs> um, and so I've got. Two more questions. We're nearly, we're nearly done. It's, you've, it's been fantastic to yeah hear your answers and thank you for them. Um, the, the Royal Ballet has been doing a lot for inclusion and accessibility in the last couple of years, definitely, um, if not way before as well. Can you tell us a bit about this and how, how you think the landscape is changing for those coming up? It is. I mean, I was, it's good to know that it's that it got, how I started back in Brazil in the 
social project where like my parents could not financially pay for it and we have the outreach programs here that also give that's something I never thought like being a girl from Brazil and coming to Europe that would be an issue I thought you know Europe just didn't have these these things and it's not true um, and how you know people look at the Royal Ballet and this amazing uh, structure and company that just has so much to give and I think it's so important that we keep on like bringing people in from all sorts of backgrounds and it doesn't matter like I think the passion is the first thing and what you bring into into the art form is the, the best thing and to give the opportunities to people to come and experience all these that we we have and be able to share that with them it's just so special so I feel like we really do that we really reach out to 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 bring people to understand what we do and that that's fantastic because it's it's a huge organization and I think we're such a good good start point for change and we are doing it um with the diversion and inclusion I think that is it's just like really happening uh, slowly because it is a process of understanding and taking on new pathways and not being so 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 biased about things that for years were that way it's like really understanding how we are now and giving each other a voice like especially for ballet for so many years it was like you almost like treat it like a kid after you joined from ballet school like the first years it was just like told to do things and like actually we're adults now we're very young adults working in the company like 17 18 that's quite young to join a big company but then you have now the chance to to evolve and to chat to others and get to know people and be heard really like Kevin our director is always like with his door open he can knock he's so like approachable like you could talk to him about anything and that that's really special as well because then you feel like you can share things um and also be heard yeah I think that's one of the best things and about about the company and it has we're taking on a really good route on that and it's fantastic really and what do you um for those listening thinking that um that ballet is just the life of a ballerina is never ending what in terms of your your working day how like we were talking about before before we started recording how many just just really like knock it down how many hours are you actually working in a set in a set day normally well today was an extremely hard day um actually i had a 9 30 start into a, watching a little some bits and bobs of a swan lake stage call that we're opening in two weeks time so i had to finish class and then go down watch a little bit just to make sure i knew my entrances and exits because i'm playing a debtor deal the, the principal role um in march um so i just need to make sure that i know what where i need to be at the right time so it's coming in and out but then i had upstairs uh, another an hour and 30 minutes of rehearsal at the same time so i had to leave the stage call by watching it and go up and then do my rehearsal and then the last 15 minutes i'm like i'm gonna run down and try to see a little bit more and there was a, a little bit of that into a Romeo and juliet rehearsal because they kind of overlap my swan lake and 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 um Romeo and juliet second show so then that's a bit exciting spend another hour and a bit working on Romeo and juliet 
and then learning a new ballet like DGV as a Christopher Wilden uh, piece that has choreographed a while ago, uh, but the company is bringing it up again on the next triple bill. And that's fantastic because it's just, I went from one thing, a very soulful ballet, kind of like neoclassical, and then into Swan Lake, which is pure classical, and then DGV, which is kind of like fun and cool and kind of like moving. So yeah, I just had a lot today, like, and it's not easy, but it's, you just fall into the trap of like, if you love it, you just like, every time you're there, you're so present, so on it, so loving what you do. And yeah, I just, it's not easy, but it's, it's fun in a way. You try to find the fun in, in it. Um, it's the only way. It's the only way to get through it. It would be too hard otherwise if you didn't enjoy it. And hopefully, did. and hopefully, you've got a minute or two to eat. <laughs> I've got my protein shake here with me. Yeah. She's, um, you can't see, but she's, she's holding of... a half drunk vanilla <laughs> vanilla know. protein shake. <laughs> I've been talking so much. I've literally only had two sips of it. <laughs> but no, it's been really nice to share all this because it makes me think about the whole journey, and it's so. It, I still can't believe when I look back and see and realize how how much everything just worked so well. And I it makes me think like if I had done anything differently, I wouldn't be where I am. But I don't know. You don't know that, you see. You never know. It could be happening in a parallel universe. Yes, exactly. You never know. Exactly. And the, and the last, the final thing, which is a very short, if you could distill all the advice you've, you've given um, to us today to a sentence or two, what would that be? I have something that I carry with me. It's like, it's in Portuguese, so I'm trying to translate. <laughs> um, what's, what's in Portuguese first? Nunca se tranquilize com conquistado. Like, never get, not tranquil, never get. Well, calm yeah yeah calm yeah that sort of thing it's like never get yourself never get complacent about something that you've achieved like you always have to want more but in a in a positive way not in a way that you want to be up yourself and you know arrogant about things but it's just like you just have to strive for get making things better because you're working with your body it's not like playing an instrument that is the same every day that you sit there to play an instrument the violin would be there exactly the same you might feel different but the instrument's the same but our instruments our body so the way we we work with it had to have to like kind of like change with the way we feel in how our body feels and being aware of that i think is it's it's gold it's gold knowing how to play with your with your body and to listen to it so then you avoid injuries and um, that could hold you back in this career some people really struggle with it i've had a few but not not like major ones but made me learn so much about how to listen my, my body and some days you just like have such achy bones you shouldn't be jumping and you know you know you you know how to understand your instrument i like that parallel with like musicians and that they have the instrument and we are the dancers and our body is our instrument so it's it's hard to judge how yeah you just have to just really understand yourself to know how much you can and how far you can push Mayara Magri, thank you very much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode with principal dancer Mayara Magri. If you'd like to hear more episodes from this series, search for us wherever you get your podcasts.
Next time, we'll be talking to Team GB and Olympic rower, Graham Thomas. So what do you do? Is an ampersand speech production.